Welcome to the Grace Community Church Podcast. We are grace for everyone, community for everyone, church for everyone. We hope that as you listen to the message from this past Sunday, that your heart is encouraged and you find yourself being drawn to Jesus wherever you're tuning in from. We are so grateful that you've joined us and pray that you'll be blessed as you listen to this week's message. Good morning, friends. It is my pleasure to have the opportunity to start this journey of Advent with you this morning as we approach this season of Christmas and walk through this season of Advent. I pray that you are filled with awe and wonder of all that we celebrate here today. As Pastor Scott started things off last week by encouraging us to focus not just on the gift, but the giver. And ultimately, that's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. I've often pondered um, how weird this like whole thing that we call church is. I've thought about it and and not necessarily just like the nitty gritty of the of what a Sunday morning experience either online or in person feels like, but just like the idea of of church in general, it's kind of a weird thing for those of you that that maybe aren't super comfortable uh, with it. Like the fact that we have all found or are in the process of finding um, or exploring a community in which we uh, gather with like at least somewhat similarly like-minded people to meet for uh, maybe an hour or so, drink some coffee, sing some songs, listen to someone talk for a bit, study this book that's a couple thousand years old, and then head our ways after the service or after our time together while uh, maybe catching up with a few friends before we do that. Um, of course, there's a lot more to church than that. Of course, there's a lot. I'm not knocking the idea of church. It would be pretty counterintuitive um, for someone that works at a church to knock the idea of church. But unless it's something that you've done for a long time um, or are used to it and it's a part of your life or a part of the rhythm that you that you live in, it's a pretty weird thing. It's pretty weird for some of my friends that don't go to church, some of my family that doesn't go to church. It's just sort of this weird thing that happens. But there's seemingly um, something that in seasons like this just makes even more, it makes a little bit more sense, right? Like in seasons like, like Advent where we're, we're leading up to the birth of the Savior of the world, um, Christians and non-Christians all around the world, you know, celebrate Christmas and, and maybe for different reasons, but there's something about this season that it just sort of makes sense a little bit. There's this anticipation of, of something coming. There's this Christmas that is just so special. And it's, it's special to, to anticipate that and to um, sort of journey through that to, together with other people, to sing some classic carols, to gather around this Advent table, to celebrate together. It's just a really special season. And there's generally just a, a feel of anticipation that fills the room or fills, fills sort of our world, right? There's this anticipation of, of this exciting next thing anticipation it comes with this season and most of us probably remember 
the anticipation that that we had as kids for the Christmas morning for for that that waking up bright and early and rushing downstairs or wherever your Christmas tree was for for whatever the routine or the the celebrations that you might have had um, it was just this like long buildup. I remember like thinking as school would come closer and closer to an end, like just how excited you were about Christmas. I have a, vi a really vivid memory, um, probably from when I was about eight, that we were coming home from my grandparents on Christmas Eve and, and we lived about 20 minutes away from home. We lived in a small town called Alexander, Manitoba. And uh, the sky was super clear that night and we were fortunate enough to um, have sort of a bit of a meteor shower going on. And I remember as we were driving, I was absolutely convinced that some of these shooting stars that we were seeing, like it was pretty crazy. You saw, the, you saw quite a few of them. Um, some of these shooting stars were just like Santa and his reindeers absolutely ripping around, you know? They got to go quick if they're going to get everybody. Um, and so it, uh, it, it was just a really clear memory. And then we pulled into the driveway and there was some fresh snow from the day or from sometime before that. Um, and you could see these little trail marks on the roof as we pulled up to the driveway. And my sister pointed them out and it was very just like obvious that... Uh, that they were there. It probably was a bird or, or, you know, a squirrel or something like that that had done this, but we were convinced that it was Santa and his reindeer giving the chimney a test run before the, before the evening delivery, or he was already there and he didn't actually deliver anything. So we were a little scared too, but, um, just this, like see this sense of anticipation for what it, Christmas is as as kids, there's just something magical about this season, or something really exciting. And for kids, let's let's be real. It's 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 probably a large part about the gifts, right? It's a large part about the things that they've been asking for for a little while that they put on their list. I I know we as kids wrote letters to Santa, um, and and so there's something about that gift that is just like really exciting, right? Uh, for us and for our family now, we're in, we're in kind of that weird point. We have a, a little two-year-old um, who loves pretty much every toy, like loves pretty much anything. If it's if it's a hockey stick, he loves it extra. Um, but it's it's not like he has a laundry list of things that he's uh, you know asking for at Christmas. And so Christmas, I'm excited for that. But there's still just this exciting. Um, sort of like joy that you get when you see a kid get a gift or open a gift that they've been really looking for or they see like this could be a really awesome thing and and it's it's just kind of this anticipation about the gifts for kids that is a lot of what I think drives the excitement around um, Christmas. I, I don't know how you personally feel about gifts but I actually I find them like a little bit awkward um, to receive anyways, I like giving them, um, but to receive them, I just, it's, I'm just uncomfortable. I'm sure there's other people out there that also feel like this, maybe you do, um, but it's just like, I appreciate them, I'm excited for them, but it's just like the actual receiving and like opening, it's just like, I'm really uncomfortable. I kind of feel like after you open it and you set it aside and it's like, um, I kind of feel like Ricky Bobby from Talladega Nights where it's just like, uh, what, what am I supposed to do with my hands now? Like, it's just awkward. I don't know what it is about it. Maybe that says more about me than anything. Um, 
But as Pastor Scott alluded to this past week, we are talking about the gifts of Advent over the next few weeks. And we've entered um, the season of Advent, the, the time of preparation and anticipation for the arrival of the Messiah. And each year we set aside four weeks to tune our hearts into the great gifts of this season, the gifts of hope and peace and love and joy. Uh, this year it's a little bit different because uh, the fourth Sunday of Advent would fall on a Sunday morning. We're not going to have a Sunday morning gathering here at 280 Karen Road. It's just going to be uh, tied into the Easter, or the Easter, goodness, the Christmas Eve service at 4 p.m. Uh, we'll have on, an online version of that as well, but you're welcome to join us for 4 p.m. on Christmas Eve if you'd like. Um, but we're going to tie that jo- that fourth Sunday of joy into the Christmas Eve lighting of the Christ candle. Um, but each week we'll unwrap one of those gifts. Um, we, will, we will light a candle to signify, as we already have, that uh, to signify that gift and allow its light to burn bright in our hearts as we wait for that greatest gift that has been given, Jesus. We read it every year, but um, each week we'll read as we anticipate his arrival, the prophecy from Isaiah, um, more than 600 years before the birth of Jesus. And and as we kind of go through this, I want you to just think about that 600 years, that gap between Jesus actually being born and when some of these prophecies that we'll find in Isaiah actually were said. 600 years is a long time. But it says for us in Isaiah 9, 6, for us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The greatest gift ever given. And he brings other gifts with his arrival, hope being one of those very great gifts of Advent. The Savior came that we might have hope. That's the theme for this morning's Advent candle. That's the theme that many churches across the world are talking about today. And we talk a lot about hope in our world. Maybe even without even like realizing it, we place our hope in a lot of things. We hope that we get that promotion. We hope that we've saved enough money to retire someday. We hope that we have enough money in our account to get by this month. We hope that we have that offer accepted on that house that we're buying. We we hope that the Bengals win the Super Bowl. I don't want to talk about that really right now. Um, You can message me if you feel sorry for our Bengals. If not, well, that's okay. But the hope that we have in God goes deeper than that. We build our hope by looking back to see when God has shown up in the past. We build our hope by looking back to see when God has shown up in the past. The passage in Isaiah was written hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born. The people of Israel waited for generations for a deliverer to come. Their holy texts were filled with promises of future redemption. They gave them hope. Isaiah 7.14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will, be call, and will call him Emmanuel. 
Isaiah 51 or 53, 1 to 6 says, Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering with, uh, uh, and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces as he, as he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our, our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of, all, of us all. Just put yourself in those shoes of the people of Israel who would have been the original hearers of this message for a second. The chapter here goes on further to describe in pretty crazy detail what this one who could come and save would be like and, and his, his coming would, and, and what, what it would entail. It's, it's pretty crazy if you want to just read a little bit further on in Isaiah 53. But you could imagine the hope that would have been instilled by getting this glimpse of what the Messiah might accomplish for this nation that had been through some stuff. This idea that it would take up their pain and bear their suffering, to me, to me, that's hope. You can see that things might once be set right. There were even hints of this coming deliverance way back in the first few verses of Genesis. The promise made to Eve as far as the Lord placed a curse on the serpent after they were banished from the garden in Genesis 3:15 it says and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers he will crush your head and he will strike your heel one day there would be a son that would crush the head of the serpent even as it struck its his heel the people of God have always been people of hope. Although the story, all throughout the story of Israel, God has called people to, to new places with promises of great hope. And the greatest of these hopes was the hope of the Messiah. Looking back on the story and seeing how God has woven his has woven his promises through all of our fumbling and disobedience. It gives us hope. The Israelites screwed up a lot. But it gives us hope for today because we see how he's been faithful in the past. When we look back at how our hopes were realized, it gives us hope for today. Our hope is found in Jesus. Yesterday, when we look back at things like the Israelite story, today and forever. That passage in Isaiah 7 that we read, therefore, or, or Isaiah 7, 14, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel. God with us. God is 
Emmanuel with us. There is great hope to be found in today's world in 2023 in knowing that God is with us. Knowing that the celebration of this season isn't just to celebrate the birth of a Savior many years ago, but to see that we have this different perspective. 2,000 years later, we know a little bit more about the story than they did in the original birth narrative of, uh, that we find in Scripture, or even as the Israelites would have received these prophecies. We see a little bit more of the story. And yes, our Savior was born, and yes, that's 100% worth reflecting on, but Jesus promised us after his resurrection that he would send the Spirit. In John 16, 7, it says, Very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate will, no, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I don't imagine that was very easy for the disciples to have heard this from Jesus. It is for your good that I must go away. And not just to abandon them, but to actually send them the helper that will be with them. The amplified version, which Pastor Scott references quite a bit, and to sort of just elaborates on some of these uh, passages, it says, But I tell you this truth, it is, your, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, or strength, strengthener, standby, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you, to be in close fellowship with you. To be in close fellowship with you. When we face difficulty, it is a great comfort to know that we are not alone. That God is with us. Emmanuel, this is our hope for today, that God is with us. In Psalm 46, 1-7, it reads, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake in, with their surging, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fail. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Looking back at the past, we receive the gift of hope when we see how faithful God has been. And recognizing that He is with us today, present through whatever he, we face, God with us, Emmanuel, we receive that great gift of hope. There's a reality that when we know that we're not in this alone, we have hope to live by. We have a hope that God is walking with us and cares for us. Our hope is found in Jesus yesterday, today, and forever. Forever. One day, all will be made right. Jesus came as a baby 
the hope that had slumbered for a thousand years, and he will return one day to set everything right. No more sorrow or pain, no more suffering or war. He will establish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. This is our great future hope, that one day we will know the perfection that was always intended. Even if it seems like it's falling apart right now, God is able to restore and renew. He's in the process of redeeming all of us. He's in the process of redeeming all things. And one day, all will be made right. I heard an interesting thought the other day. We as followers of Jesus believe that one day everything will be made made right, of course. God has promised us a future of perfection, no more tears or sorrow or death. We believe that with all our hearts that one day it will come to pass, that we are just waiting for time to catch up to that promise. It may seem like it's going really slow, but we can rest assured that it's already done. God, by very nature, stands outside of time. Perfection is on the horizon. And we are waiting for that, for time to catch up to that promise. We know how it ends. We're waiting for time to catch up to that promise. It's an interesting way to think about our future hope. It's not just the wishy-washy hope of, oh, I hope the Bengals win the Super Bowl or, oh, I hope the Leafs take home the cup, as we all hope for, uh, I assume. It's the solid hope that God is faithful. That He has been in the past. He continues to be in the present. So why would He not be in the future? This is our great hope. This is the gift of hope. Our hope is found in Jesus, yesterday, today, and forever. The greatest gift given is Jesus, and he brings us hope. So I would encourage you to unwrap that gift of hope and, and, and partake in it, partake of in it, not just for ourselves, but for the, that, we, that in order we might share it with the world around us, that we can be people that just are, are beaming uh, hope. There's a lot of people in our world that are hopeless, that just need something to cling on to. I hope that we can, I pray that we can be that example for them, that there is something worth clinging on to, that there is a hope for a future, that our hope can be found in Jesus because he's been faithful yesterday, today, so why won't he be faithful in the future? So we unwrap the gift of hope and partake of it, not just for ourselves, but in order that we might share it with the world. Let's pray. God, thank you in this season um, as we celebrate and as we ponder these, these texts, God, we can reflect on the power and, and the miracle that is you stepping down from um, your throne and becoming human. 
that you decided to take on flesh for each and every single one of us, that you decided to intervene, to step into the world 2,000 years ago and change the directory of it. God, we love you. We thank you for um, the peace, the hope, the joy, and the love that this season brings. But I pray for every person that might be hearing these words, God. I pray that there would be a hope that stirs up in them because we can look all throughout your story, all throughout Scripture, and see that you've showed up over and over again, that you're faithful, that you provide, that you are with us, that you are here now. So why won't you be here later, God? We trust that you have uh, that you have the desire to, to set everything to right. God, we know that one day heaven will come down and it will be here on earth as it is in heaven, God. So may we be a part of that process, making this place a little bit more like heaven, God. But may we do that in a way that we just, we just glow hope. So I pray for every person here this morning that they would have an amazing um, Christmas season, Advent season, as we look to uh, Christmas Eve where we celebrate the arrival of um, God in, in baby form. We love you and thank you for today in Jesus' name. A couple more Advent Sundays coming up. We'd love to see you there or to con con continue to join us online. Um, it's, it's an exciting season. Uh, there's lots going on. You can head to the website if you have any questions about that. And as we... Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Christmas Eve service is at 4 p.m. on December 24th. There's no 10.30 gathering that day. We'd love to see you there. It's a candlelit classic service, carols and singing and, and telling the story. And uh, it's, it's just a lot of fun. So thanks for joining us today. We pray that you have an amazing week and are in encouraged uh, by this message of hope. Let me close with this benediction. May you carry the light of hope with you this week. And may that light burn with the power of the Holy Spirit against all the darkness that you encounter. A stubborn light to mark this season of waiting, this season of hope. Amen. Thanks for joining us today.